Hello, and once again, we are all together to discuss I Don't Get It, the pop culture get-off-my-lawn cast featuring the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of their impending entertainment irrelevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry, coming at you live from Amsterdam, Netherlands, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host from San Francisco... You're not coming at us live, dude. I say that sometimes too, but this isn't live. No one's listening to us right now other than each other. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm coming at you live. But who are you? But you're not coming up. No, I'm not going to get to that till we settle this issue, my friend. You're not coming at us live. <laughs> All right. We are, I'm feeling very pedantic this morning. We are recorded. We are. This is an artifact yes. recorded digitally on yes. wax cylinders. And, and wax and cylinders. As such, I am Bill Scurry, and this guy is... I'm Noah Tarno of the Big Quiz thing, the trivia game show spectacular, and what a what what a rousing start we are off to, my friend. People love pedantry; they want yes, that. They, do. they have they have proven that that's exactly what they're looking for. Uh, yes, and speaking of pedantry, there's no better topic than this week's uh, discussion about. A what, wait, 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 wait! What does this have to do with pedantry? Well, because this week we're doing Baby Yoda. Okay, everyone knows who yeah, Baby, Baby Yoda is. Yoda. The reason why I bring up pedantry is because people, one of the top things you say is like, oh my God, it's not the Yoda who's a baby. Yes, yes. It's not Yoda. It's technically not Yoda. Right. Well, technically it's a puppet, but it's, yes, the character (laughs) is technically. Well, right. It's a metonym. Yoda is a metonym for his species who who have obviously never been named. And you can be either us who are our ride or die, um, you know, Wookiepedia fanatics who are encyclopedic in Star Trek, or you could just be the yes. casual listener. <laughs> yes, we're Wikipedia fanatics, encyclopedic about Star Trek, is yes. what you said, Bill. Yes, Star Trek uh, is exactly Star what I mean. Trek. Or, yes, this is this is the Battlestar Galactica show. Yeah, welcome um, to Battlefield yeah. Earthcast. Battlefield Earthcast. So, like, so that's the thing is that people, like, we all know that this is not the baby Yoda. You didn't have to watch the show. We're talking about The Mandalorian, by the way, on Disney Plus. Baby Yoda is, is uh, the appropriate name, as has been discussed in all, um, you know, materials by people created, is called quote unquote the child. That's what he's called in the show. That's what they call him in the production language, et cetera, et cetera. So the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian, came out, I want to say, late November, early December. Mid-November. You know, this was a giant media streaming conglomerate from the company that owns us all. And we just recently sold the rights to this podcast to Bob Iger personally. So so we know exactly. If, if, if only. If so, only. Yeah, we know exactly what is up for grabs here. They came up with the show, The Mandalorian, which stylistically is a hearkening back to the original Star Wars in terms of tone. It's a series that was created and shepherded by John Favreau, probably best known for Chef and the live action Lion <laughs> King series. <laughs> I still, I know, man, Swingers really affected me when I saw it in college. Right, Swingers was 1996, and he, he wrote it and started, and it was directed by Doug Liman. And he followed it up with Made, which is a movie that was really, I think, underestimated. It was a pretty good comedy, but Favreau has this voice, or had this voice when he was in his 30s. He managed to jump right from Outer Burroughs, Queens, to Hollywood without a real diminution of signal. I think there were two movies that were formative when I was growing up in the in the indie cinema generation. One was 
Kevin Smith Clarks, and there was Swingers, which came out in 1996. It was a good time to be a film. It was a good time to be a straight white film guy. He's the guy that wrote the Baby Yoda series, or, or the, ba- the Baby Yoda. He, he included it. It might as well be a Baby Yoda series. He included it in the wow, Mandal- yeah. Mandalorian. And uh, so here we are talking about it. Baby Yoda is a little baby puppet, which is accentuated CGI. It was a surprise when it ended the finale or the the, uh, cliffhanger of episode one. And people have been talking about it ever since. It became the the stuff of memes, uh, as naturally anything hot would be. But it also factored in to this series, which people regarded very well. They enjoyed all, I think it's nine episodes of it. Nowhere, I think you got three deep into it. Yeah, I am I am three in. I think it's eight episodes. I think it's eight episodes. Eight episodes, okay. Yeah, I forget because it's it's like, eight. it, it seems arbitrary. But the, the episode length is arbitrary. The, the length of the series in terms of episodes is arbitrary. But you all know who Baby Yoda is. Noah was the recent convert because he's the guy that has been watching HBO, uh, HBO Plus. He's been watching <laughs> Disney Plus. Pretty soon. Yes. Pretty soon. Now it's going to happen before you know it. Noah, what do you make of Baby Yoda? I want to. I want to hear uh, that because we haven't talked about you're, this. Yeah, you're. You're. Uh, so let's let's talk about what we're talking about now. We're not talking about the Mandalorian per se. We're talking about Baby Yoda, as you said, a character that made a get, guest appearance, made a surprise appearance at the end of the first episode, a baby version of Yoda's species. The pedantry point is it is not the Yoda. You know this this show is set after Return of the Jedi, before The Force Awakens. Yoda died in Empire Strikes Back, so unless Doc Brown showed up with the Delorean, this is not Yoda per se. It's a baby of the same species as Wait, Yoda. He, which technically, by the, he technically died in Jedi, but fuck, you're right. So much for the pedantry. All right, uh, you are right. Um, so, uh, despite the reams and reams and volumes of Star Wars universe lore, Yoda species has never been named. Uh, the character is, with with a, a religious overtone, refer, referred to as the child. But Baby Yoda is what fans and the media began calling it. And then as soon as the first episode came out, as you mentioned, the Yoda, uh, the Baby Yoda uh, meme machine kicked into gear. And you can just Google Baby Yoda memes and they are everywhere on the internet the last few months. And of course, less uh, actual media companies have followed suit. Uh, there's Baby Yoda merchandise. Build-A-Bear now has a Baby Yoda bear you can build. SNL had some actor playing Baby Yoda during the um, weekend update in December. News story from a couple days ago. There were many Baby Yoda signs seen at the quote-unquote March for Life Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh. Right. But here's the joke. Like, you see, oh, Baby Yoda signs, and they have photos all over the place. They're almost all the same sign. So someone manufactured the same sign. It's a right. it's a drawing of Baby Yoda and says, choose life, you must. AstroTurf. You know, so, yeah, yeah, sure. Right, AstroTurf. Well, yeah, I do like the Mandalorian, but again, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, and the general plot is the Mandalorian is this bounty hunter. Mandal- it's, he looks like Boba Fett. Boba Fett was the Mandalorian. I don't want to give too much away, but much of the show is episodic he he's going from planet to planet getting into adventures and he's shepherding baby yoda as a uh, as a surrogate child in a way after a crazy start to that relationship and baby yoda is insanely cute you know he's got the big yoda ears the green face the big dark eyes very cute puppet and by the way i like that it's a puppet did you read the quote what Werner herzog said about yeah the puppet yeah the i CGI? did actually but go with it so Ver- Werner herzog the german director and pessimist 
is uh, he's acting in the show. He plays a character known as the client. And apparently when they were leaning on the CGI too heavily during pre-production, Werner Herzog insisted they keep using the puppet. And he said they were cowards <laughs> to not use the puppet. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, I mean, I like The Mandalorian. Baby Yoda's cute. It feels a little too obvious in a way. Hey, let's have a light character in the show to to lighten some of the darkness of the, the violent adventures and post-Empire gritty Star Wars world. And let's not just have a cute character. Let's not just do the new iteration of R2-D2 or the Ewoks or, or BB-8. Let's do a cute character who's an adaptation of a character you already know and love. It was very savvy on their part. We would not have this many memes if it were an entirely new character or it would be or based on, you know, Walrus Man or Hammerhead. It's based on Yoda, who everyone fucking loves and has that sense of mystery. The fact that we all love and know Yoda, but no one knows, you know, what planet he's... I mean, he's not really from Dagobah. No, he, that was where you hang out. And that we don't know his species name, right? All the mystery of Yoda. And also that he's a baby, but he's 50 years old. Because, you know, Yoda, when Yoda died, he was what, like 5,000 years old or something? 800, I thought, something like that. 800, I'm, I'm close. You know, it was a pretty smart move. Yeah, I mean, Baby Yoda's cute. I, I'm not much for the memes. I've not seen any memes that really make me laugh out loud. Most of them are pretty lame. You know, the thing where you just have a picture of Baby Yoda next to a quote that, me, when I discover that my ex is dating my friend. And it's just a picture of Baby Yoda. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, and then, like, pictures juxtaposing Baby Yoda with old dying Yoda, and there's an OK Boomer reference and then Baby Yoda next to Kermit drinking tea and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Baby Yoda saying, uh, uh, see, you're laughing out loud. I wasn't laughing. Gizmo I'm, from I'm Gremlins. Laughing at, I'm laughing at your distillation Okay, good. That's the point. Uh, uh, Gizmo from Gremlins saying, I'm the cutest, you know, alien ever. And then it's a picture of Baby Yoda and he says, my beer you will hold. You know, it's just, it's all these adaptations, these existing memes that it just feels a little unoriginal. You know, Baby Yoda's a cute character, a fun character, and keeps the plot moving on an entertaining show. So great. I don't know. As the meme factory, it just feels a little like, who gives a shit? I actually would be inclined to keep it in the realm of the TV show because I know that it is... Anybody making a show today, you need to cynically think about every single aspect. This, yep. th there's a lot of cynicism with um, Baby Yoda because it's like this thing was test marketed to within an inch of its yeah. life. But they kept it secret. You know, they didn't have as much Baby Yoda merchandise available for the holiday season as people wanted, partly because they wanted they wanted that twist. They wanted people to be shocked, surprised by it and, at the end of the first yeah, episode. But think about what it takes to get there, because to make merch, you need to send this out to factories in China and Malaysia right. months and months in advance. You have to send schematics. They have to do printing. They have to do all this mock-ups. So the thing is, is that they, they needed to have have baby Yoda stuff in process in July. And the idea being that if you did in fact do that, somebody would have leaked concept maquettes and yeah. all of this stuff would have been put out sometime at the end of the summer in advance of an, a November um, release. Disney had to take this big, uh, I guess it's a theoretical hit if you want to think about it, that they were going to go the Christmas season without baby Yoda merch. In a, in a way that is uncharacteristic of a transnational Death Star machine, a star-destroying machine who just <laughs> yes. wants to take our money, that they were going to go the entire Christmas season, Christmas 2019, without there being a single official licensed Disney product. There was literally nothing? 
There was, was literally nothing. There was literally nothing, not until, yeah, um, they didn't get their shit together until just after New Year. And then I think the Funko Pop came out. might have been the first right. deal. You could get all sorts of bootleg shit on, you know, Etsy. Right, right. And, and, and you know, that that is another little storyline, which we're not going to get into too much here. But Disney put their probe droids, their assassins, on taking down every single bit of bootleg merch. Even if it was just some, like, home producer in Indianapolis, they were going to make sure that there wasn't any Baby Yoda needle points or, you know, small kind of Build-A-Bear shit that was going on. How dare you exert your imagination on our licensed property, which we encourage to be at the center of American fantasy. Of your, of your life. Right. <laughs> you, must, you, you must center your life on our IP, but if you exert any independent uh, <laughs> initiative relating to this fantasy, if you use your imagination at all relating to this fantasy, we will strike you down with the power of the Death Star. That is, Which, you know, by the I- way... Should not have been called the Death Star. If we've learned anything from shitty authoritarian governments, the Empire wouldn't have called it the Death Star. They would have called it the Freedom Star or the Liberty Star. The Peace Star, yeah. They would have made it sound like a good thing. Yeah. It, you know, propaganda. But but you're, you're absolutely right that somehow, like this, this D- Disney stumbled into this hole where they went without on the Christmas holiday. They're snuffing out Etsy dealers, etc., etc. It was a bona fide moment that they caught on, I would say, in a mimetic way. That everybody was writing these position pieces on, you know, Decider.com. You know, whatever media aggregators write things that are hot takes. There was a fury of hot takes. I mean, I guess none of that really says whether I like it or not. That's just talking about more about the situation. I thought that the series was great. And like I said, I'd, I'd rather talk about the series rather than the character because I think it fit in as a part of a whole in that this thing was based on the lone wolf and cub manga which some people ah I didn't think of that that's very clever Right, right. But in terms of mimesis of prior things, like sure, Star Wars was kind of based on Kurosawa. It was based on all these other pre-existing tropes. And to its to its credit, I mean, George Lucas decided this is all part of Joseph Campbell, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There was one episode of the series which you have yet to see, which was pretty much Yojimbo, which is great. It's like do that. People don't remember Yojimbo. Fuck. I mean, if we can have Joker which is just giving you Taxi Driver one for one, and it gets Oscar nominated, why not a show that steers into a prior thing that is cult-loved by all these people and acknowledges it, you know, admits that there's a debt, and, and you know, it plays into it. Essentially, it's like adding to the mythos rather than pretending that the thing you're homaging from doesn't exist. It totally acknowledges it. In that respect, I, I like it a lot. I didn't see any downside of Baby Yoda. The cynicism of a cute thing with gigantic eyes and big ears, I can get over that. I Not my favorite mode, but I get why they did it. But the, I think the series, after eight episodes, it stuck the landing. I have seen it on the set, and it's heartbreakingly beautiful. And I saw two technicians operating it remote. One was for the eyes and the mouth, and the other one was for other facial expressions. It's a phenomenal technical achievement why did everyone jump all over baby yoda why did it become the inescapable meme why did it arguably make the mandalorian a hit i assume they're doing a second season right oh yeah yeah they're working on it right now yeah. if, if they're not in the oh. writing they may be shooting if not in the writer's room for it right I, right I think this is this is a simple this is a simple answer i mean as complex as as the actual tv show was and granted you don't want to talk about the mandalorian you want to talk about baby yoda it is inextricably tied to the tv series 
But right. it was this pepper that was added. If you want to go back a couple of episodes that we did, the pe- hot pepper phenomenon. <laughs> yes, yes. People love the Capus Payson blast of something. No one saw Baby Yoda coming in the confines of this series. You know, yes, it's cute. And yes, it took the internet by surprise. The cunning of if it was uh, John Favreau with this guy Dave Filoni, who's been a Star Wars guy behind the scenes out there in San Francisco with Lucasfilm, you know, they made a bona fide phenomenon out of Disney Plus. I mean, that may be the side effect, but Disney had this was their flagship series. They were hitting the market with this enormous gamble. They put millions and millions of dollars behind getting a streaming platform. They came up with this thing. They put a lot of weight behind baby yoda as oh man this is going to change the game and i give them credit for somehow uh, you know soothsaying and figuring out that a baby yoda puppet would be the thing that would make fucking disney plus the yeah. this this abnormal asocial uh uh anti-life immoral company this is fucking thing out of out of burbank run by bob you know bob Iger. these people who were designed to just this, by the way just so you know bill just got back from disney world he I just did. got back from a trip to Disney World. It's true. So it's true. nobody loves Disney more than you, and you're pissing all over it right now. But, but it's like they managed to win this somehow clean in a fair fight. I don't know if anybody wasn't watching this series. Everybody I know in my in my so, small social circle was already watching this series. You, they didn't need Baby Yoda to get into it. But I'm sure that there were some people that Baby Yoda was just too good to resist. Right. And I mean, I gave them credit. It, it You know, and... The visual discrepancy of a guy in that Boba Fett silver helmet with the with the Crusader, you know, that T visor, like that's that's hard hardcore shit, you know. That looks masculine, metal boy kind of toys. We all had those toys when we were a kid. Baby Yoda looks the opposite. Baby Yoda looks like he's almost more in kind with a Disney princess. He could be in Frozen Three, and somehow. It works out. It's a mesh. Everybody wins in the end. People gave a thumbs up to The Mandalorian and people say Baby Yoda, other than the cunning, other than the sort of corporate calculation and precision of it, which is cynical. And yet it winds up still being enjoyable because, you know, both of us are still sitting here talking about it as a good move that sort of makes sense in the series. I mean, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's genius, but as you as you refer to, it's a, a bit of evil genius. There's a scientific element of cuteness. Like, we are biological hardwired to like you know the big eyes and the small features that's a good point yes babies are cute as an evolutionary tactic it's why we take care of them they're vulnerable they need someone stronger taking care of them you know so that they will survive and keep this and have babies of their own and keep the species going so cuteness was an evolutionary strategy to encourage people to take care of them i said that to someone once they said that doesn't make sense i said why they said because then old people would be cute to encourage us to take care of them i said yeah but old people aren't going to have more babies evolution doesn't care if old people drop dead and they were like oh yeah i guess you're right <laughs> it was very like i said it was very crafty that they did baby yoda and not baby you know uh, uh, Bib Fortuna. Walrus Man. Yeah, you're right. Right. Walrus, I fucking love. Did I ever tell you? I think it's when I did like a Star Wars quiz once and I referred to Walrus Man as Walrus Man and some nerd got mad at me. He's like, his name is actually this. Ponda like, Baba. Yeah, I get Pondababa. it. Ponda Baba. Thank you. I said, it said fucking Walrus Man on the little blister pack that the, that the Walrus Man action figure came in. So as far as I'm concerned, he's fucking Walrus Man, okay? <laughs> if the action figure that I got for Hanukkah in 1979 said Walrus Man, he's Walrus Man, okay? <laughs> Done. 
but smart to make it Yoda because everyone loves Yoda and Yoda has that element of mystery. And I'm going to quote now. Uh, I read an article. <laughs> headline's great. Baby Yoda is your god now. And it's by the New York Times. I believe he's their chief TV critic, James uh, Ponowazic. Very good writer. Very good TV critic. And it's mainly a review of, of The Mandalorian, but he, he focuses on Baby Yoda as we're doing. And uh, allow me to quote him here. But we must also face the other half of Baby Yoda's appeal. Not the baby part, but the Yoda part. Yes, the child is vulnerable, adorable, whimsical, cuddly. But what made him an instant celebrity was that he was all those things in the form of a decades-old character that you already recognized and loved. And of course, quote, thing you already recognize and love is the animating force in entertainment today, particularly the movies where Disney has made or bought a vast stable of superhero and sci-fi icons and rakes in billions by deploying their intellectual property. IP, like the name of a model line of battle droids, into theaters everywhere. Avengers, Jedi, princesses, pre-sold, pre-recognized, and pre-loved. Oh, and boy. He hits, oh, Jesus. He hits the nail on the head. Why do people like Baby Yoga? Because yoga. Baby Yoga. Baby Yoga, which I'm sure is available in Brooklyn somewhere. Uh, why do they love Baby Yoda? Because he's a baby. Everyone loves babies. And he's Yoda. And everyone loves Yoda. And it's like I said before, it is everywhere. It is everything. It is culture. It is imagination. It is fantasy. The Disney characters are childhood. The Star Wars characters are teen years. I mean, pretty sure Disney, uh, the Avengers characters are in your 20s. Pretty sure Disney's going to have to buy some property that's going to define old age in America. They have taken control of our imaginations. I will get to why that's a problem. But for now, like, of course it's popular. It's fucking Yoda as a baby. Do I have to even explain it? Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. My little green friend. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Can you feel it, little guy? That special time is here to close your eyes and lay down in your bed. You like the Mandalorian? Put that aside. You're basically neutral on Baby Yoda, but would you have any different feelings for Baby Yoda? Let's say, literally, if you were a kid. If you were seven, eight, nine. The age you were when the Ewoks came out. Because the Ewoks, we were the perfect age for the Ewoks. The Ewoks were for us. We were, what, seven, eight? Eight, when yeah. Jedi came out. Yeah, yeah, eight. No, man, I'm I'm all in. Like, this is an expansion of Star Wars mythos. Yeah, I would have loved this as a kid. And to bring it back to the Ewok thing, and they were the cash grab. You know, the original script version of Return of the Jedi was that Lucas right. wanted to set the script, or at least the writers, I think it was Larry Kasdan and... Um, I can't remember who else. They wanted to put it on the Wookiee home planet. Yes, it, it, yes. It, right, with a different different atmosphere if you have these gigantic uh, razor-clawed teddy bears fucking shit up. And Lucas said, well, what if we put it on, on a Build-A-Bear home planet? And yes, it was toyetic, which is one of the Noah Tarno terms that we like to employ. I did not make that up. I no, but you employed it. You employ. You coined that yes. phrase. Okay. I took the Ewoks in the spirit which they were intended, which they were alongside Walrus Man. They were alongside, They were just one of the alien species. And it's like, right. I wanted it all. They were all posable pieces of plastic. Yeah. Baby Yoda Man, put them in there. I got them all. All the big ones, all the little ones. <laughs> the vehicles. It was a fever pitch. And to be honest, there was nothing else like it beforehand. And 
maybe other than G.I. Joe, which everybody knows if, if you know my Cobra Commander meme thing, it's like that was kind of a fever pitch afterwards. But Star Wars was hitting that fever pitch at the right age of before I was 10 years old. You know, yes, I would have liked this as a kid, but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been based on cuteness. It's like I was sort of immune to cute because it's like what kind of kid wants to focus on cuteness? What I cared about was the mythology. What I cared about was canon. You couldn't care about both? Not I mean, me. I think a, I think a lot of little boys do. Maybe I think so. I think what makes the Ewoks great as far as kids characters goes, I think they strike a perfect balance of that. Because yes, they were cute, but they also were exciting. They were adventure. They kicked the 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 empire's ass, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, no you That's right. that's one of the reasons the Ewoks succeeded where Jar Jar failed. Yeah. Because the Ewoks still had a bit of an edge. I mean, they were going to murder the heroes until the happenstance of C-3PO looked like God. I yes. mean, yeah. you know, no, they were sure. kind of badass. Other than that, yes. But it's like, yeah. uh, I still looked at the, I had all the uh, Ewok figures and they just played in as characters. I think I needed to have a zero base of, well, here is Bib Fortuna. Here is Walrus Man. Here's something I can play with. Because Star Wars was a religion to me. Every one of these were, they were bishops and clerics. They were, they were, uh, you know, cardinals and monsignors. Yeah, I would have loved this. As I allude to, I loved the Ewoks. I had a big poster of, I guess, what was the Ewok everywhere? The main Ewok? Wicked. What was his name? Wicked. Wicked, right. Wasn't that the name of, oh no, I'm thinking Willow, another. Yeah. With the actor who Wicked, played Wicked. Yeah. With War, yeah, Warwick Davis, right. That's what I'm getting mixed up. He also played the Leprechaun. Did you know that? That's true, yes, yeah. Yeah. Got to get me gold. So, yeah, I liked, I, I, you know, and I've always had, more than a lot of little boys, I've always had a, a tolerance for cuteness. You know, R2-D2 from moment one, my favorite Star Wars character. You know, still to this day. And it, it struck the balance because even though Baby Yoda's not really kicking ass, although he does know the Force, you know, he's part of this ass-kicking world. So I think The Mandalorian is, you know, Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. I will I will boldly say that again and again. That's cool. And, That's cool. Yeah. And Mandalorian is, you know, like that. Like Baby Yoda adds the cute factor. And it's the nice contrast with the ass-kicking Boba Fett guy. So yeah, I'd love this as a kid, man. I'd be all over it. There's great puppetry, great audio animatronics. I think with, with Star Wars, there's an acceptance of a certain look. And so it, I'm taking chances here that I wouldn't take on a film that wasn't this. Is the success, existence, popularity, memification of Baby Yoda a sign of the apocalypse? No, I'm inclined to say not at all, unless you're considering the total hegemony a Bob Iger and yep. Disney yep. on all broadcast media yep. in front of human pupil sclera eyeballs. They own imagination. They own fantasy. The whole conceit of them owning imagination came up a few weeks ago on the show. And, and, yes. and you codified it into a, into a tone, into an actual thesis that I hadn't really considered beforehand. That childhood, that the idea... Yeah. That, I mean, I know that it's been this case since they got cynical in the 90s when they did the, the Disney vault, for instance. Now it's completely different. They own everything, with the exception of Mork and Mindy. <laughs> it's maybe the only brand left over that they... They don't own Min <laughs> of all the random things to pick. Dude. I'm just saying. I, I saw I saw a sign the other day for like some some doctor's office, and it was like Doctor William Mork. And I'm like, dude, I can get a photo of that. Make it just, where's Doctor William Mindy? You know, it's just I've never seen that as a last name before. 
Or, or yeah, is, is right, exactly. Gregory Mindy was his uh, partner <laughs> in the in the frame. Yeah. But, but it's like between this, yeah, they don't own this, and they don't own Hardcastle and McCormick. Perhaps Airwolf, <laughs> but that's about it. No, uh, Airwolf is CBS. I remember seeing an Airwolf thing at Universal Studios when I went there when I was ten. Yeah. So some somebody big owns Airwolf. Viacom, Viacom owns yeah, Airwolf, Viacom. but they haven't managed yeah. to. Uh, they haven't. They haven't. You know, toy. They haven't brought it. Airwolf back. Yeah, no. No, they haven't. Do, well, Jan- do for a revival. I think that the character itself is not a sign of the apocalypse it fits it fits sensically into the narrative of the show but but we have to also indicate that there's a larger thing that there's a cultural buy-in and maybe we're not talking about the show we're talking about the characters so yeah you know like the cynicism of bob Iger, the fucking weatherman from ithaca who somehow has come to be the de facto president of the united states today is calling yeah, it's called is a film. He's calling the shots on this, and that you know Disney Plus rolls out. Everyone's talking about Disney Plus, and everyone's looking at Baby Yoda. It's another thing we can buy, and it's it's Disney is this? Oh, that's the blanket we sleep under. Close your eyes, everybody, and snooze with this little you know nightcap on, and have your little warm glass of milk because Disney is watching everything, and you're just fine. Your kids are just fine being raised by Disney. I pretty much agree with you. You know, you you said the word hegemony. Uh, yeah, I referred to this on Elf, the Elf on the Shelf episode that just like American imagination, you know, look, Elf on the Shelf is owned by a tiny company. American fan, it's like if someone owned Santa Claus. American fantasy, American imagination is owned by someone else. And you really boiled down a good example. Like, of course, people are going to make shit on Etsy. You know, that's what we do. That's a healthy thing to to take these cultural icons and, and be creative with them. And Disney's lower in the boom on like arts and crafts class is just kind of really sad. This is really like imagination is owned by someone, childhood is owned by someone. You can get a cease and desist letter for paper mache, you know? What's next? Like a kid pretending he's Superman in the backyard gets an angry note from Warner Brothers? Like, (laughs) I I don't, that could totally happen though. Yeah, it's just, it's really sad. And actually, going back to the the Times article by James Ponowazic, he says, it's hard to resist this. He says, yes, this is a corporate entertainment hegemon encroaching to conquer TV as it did the movies. But look at how it sips its little soupy cup. How can you be mad at that? (laughs) And he's sort of getting at the insidiousness of Baby Yoda. And you're right, it was very crafty how they created this. Is like, yeah, man, I don't know, too much Star Wars, it's all over the place. But all oh, these memes are so cute. I mean, at first I really wondered if they, they anticipated the degree of memification of this character. But you're kind of convincing me they did. Yeah, people, this shit's going to be all over Instagram five minutes after the episode ends. Yeah. Trust me someone, on this. Someone put the thought into it. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and again, it wouldn't have done this if it hadn't been Yoda, if it had been Walrus Man or, or you know, the the... the the, the fat shirtless guy who guarded the Rancor and Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> ba- baby, what's that guy's name? There you go. Malik- we got a Malakili, that's his name. All right. Well, whatever it is, con- it is, it is the laziest con- costume. I was about to confuse it with Wu Her, who is the bartender that says we don't serve droids here. But no, Malakili is a different uh, slovenly Englishman who played at, that at role. Least, at least the bar guy had a shirt on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Are you just adorable in your little space carriage? <laughs> so, baby Yoda, you're quite the breakout star, aren't you? Yeah, you like that, Chase? Toa Narnow, uh, tell me about your feelings of jealousy in regards to Baby Yoda. Uh, 
not all, I mean, I wish I were that cute. I wish I had, you know, I wish women melted at the sight of me. But short of that, I don't really see what there is to be jealous of. You know, I didn't create my own instantly character intended to be instantly cute. Um, so this this is kind of an N slash A for me. I mean, do you have an answer to this? I also came up with the N slash A because I don't think it applies. Whether it's, I'm not in the business of Favreau. I'm not in the business of Disney. I'm not in the business of Akira Kurosawa. And nor am I selling toys that are made in Malaysia. So um, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, that this isn't, this isn't the meat of the discussion. It's kind of impertinent to what we're talking about. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> so be that as it may, we can zip right in then to the Felonian scale. This, of course, is the scale where we look at the entire spectrum of all the topics we've talked about on the show. Jimmy Fallon at the bottom. Jimmy Fallon is coronavirus. He is a thing that is preventing all travel out of China. And at the very top are wonderful, luminous cultural things like Key and Peel, for instance. So that is our spectrum. Noah, where do you think Baby Yoda uh, falls in on this spectrum? I briefly referenced Elf on the Shelf. I think it's got similar problems like the domination of imagination by something that is owned by other people that was created in the early 80s. It's better than Elf on the Shelf for many reasons. And it's got a kind of flair to it. So the formula I came up with is it's Elf on the Shelf plus RuPaul's Drag Race times two. Wow. And, and that is for both for good and for bad. It has all the influences and positive and negative qualities of all those things. But added together those two times two. So Elf on the Shelf plus RuPaul time, RuPaul's Drag Race times two equals baby yoda no i am uh i am a liberal arts person i came up in the humanities and yet somehow i understand implicitly what you mean because this is how i try to decipher the world i think that there is a sliding scale uh which this is eminently available to me all right so i think contrary to whatever i might have said which you know talking about bob Iger and 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 you know the codification of, of the american childhood and, and all this cynicism i would still place this at the top i think that really really that yeah. good that good. what i'm going to do is i'm going to i'm going to turn off my emotionality and just look at it logistically and say as a character in a tv show what would it take to sell the hard-bitten character of the mandalorian on his mission on you you would need the equal of the stony steely face of a helmet that does not emote to buy over the mission and it's no secret it's not a spoiler to say that the series becomes a companionship a guardianship series that this unlikely uh, violent warrior becomes a protector of a cute child that's the nut graph of the show all of the work that they did creating baby yoda i think sells you on the idea of the narrative now if you buy into it simply as that and i will just begin with that and start with that i think this is great i think it's a great idea i think it's just cute enough to sell it i would put this up at the top because i enjoyed the shit out of the show and i really enjoyed the baby yoda things the personalities the quirks they gave the character it was i think it was well written for a baby that had a small part and it was mostly emoted by a puppet enhanced by CGI. So for those merits, I, I would give it a death note or a, a desis and marrow. I, wow, I think that's me, high up on your list. It is, man. it is. And yeah. I, I I stand by it because I really enjoyed this. This was part of the end of 2019, the roller coaster ride for sure. I enjoyed the shit out of this. Sounds good to me. Take us home, my friend. If you would like to find past episodes of this show, and and uh, we apologize for the gap that, that has been. Yes. There was some traveling. We, we apologize. Yeah, that that's that's me. I was zipping around the East Coast of the United States before I came back to Amsterdam. And I'm not even saying that there's more. there, there isn't more traveling. 
traveling to come, there may well be. However, if you want to find past episodes, look on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Oh, my God. There are so many episodes. Me and Noah forget. Uh, there was a cut that I put into the last episode where I forgot we did Joker. And I, I, I excised that for the purpose of even talking about it. But, yes, we did a whole episode of the Joker, and it came up. And you forgot. Thing. I forgot, yeah. exactly. This is what happens when you get to this point. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, because that's the shit. I am on Twitter, at William Scurry. I am on YouTube. I did a video series called American Caesar Salad. It's, it's very interesting, if I may say. It's essays about if movie you, If you may say, yeah. If I may say. That is youtube.com slash. AMC, sir. And Noah is here right now to let you in on his internal world. Uh, my, no, more my external world. Uh, the big quiz <laughs> thing. Corporate and private trivia events from coast to coast and beyond. Uh, booking now. Booking always. Go to bigquizthing.com. Learn more about uh, our private and corporate trivia events wherever you happen to be. And yeah, we're covering the country. I'm headed off to Minneapolis in a few weeks. Our first event there in some time. Hopefully go to Denver shortly after that. I've uh, never done an event there. We've had a few, but not me. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram at Big Quiz Thing. And I am personally on Twitter at Noah Tarno. That's that is all. Yeah, that's we, have, we actually have some big, big Quiz Thing news coming up soon that you are involved with. But I'm going to hold off on, on announcing that just yet. But you know what I'm talking about, right? So until our podcast gets desperate and introduces the new selling point of Baby Noah. That's not a good idea. Come on. But, I mean, you you do those big, cute eyes, though. All right. We don't get it. (laughs) A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.